This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. It's the year 2058. U.S. President Tina Fey begins her second term. Steam-powered slingshots are a surprising holiday hit for the kids. Soup has naturally been reclassified as a Class C drug. Comas are sweeping the globe as a new kind of fashion statement. And the full catalog of recordings of the podcast Funny People Talking has gone missing from the Museum of Things Forgotten. The museum puts up a reward. A cup of Italian wedding soup. <sighs> soup, folks. Soup. This is Funny People Talking. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Funny People Talking. Uh, I'm Mark Rako. I'm one of your hosts, and we're so happy you're here. And with me is Miss Danielle Beckman. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. <laughs> I want to call you Miss from now. Miss. Does that offend you? Call no. You, is it Ms. Better? I'm just, you know. Mademoiselle. Maybe. Yeah, actually, can we do that? Because Danielle is a French name. So if I call you Mademoiselle Danielle, that sounds... That is the, rhyming. That's the standard I need now, though. No nickname. It's a standard. You have a standard? Yes. I need Mademoiselle Danielle from you. But, I can barely say it myself. Well, first, I want to know why you believe you, you've earned a standard. <laughs> There's some standard we're supposed to follow. <laughs> it's the French thing. Je it's ne sais pas. Thing. Je ne sais pas? Yeah. That's all. I don't even know what that means. That means I don't know. But Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Mademoiselle Danielle. Yes. The first and last time I'll say it. And uh, <laughs> glad you're here with us. And, uh, and of course, as always, our producer, Elsie. Hi, Elsie. Hi. How you doing? Fine. Glad we had this time together. <laughs> Good chat. Uh, Love you a long time, Elsie. I am so excited for our guest today. It's going to be a great, great show. Yeah. We have lots of stories, lots of stuff to share, lots of things wrong with the world that we're going to share also. But Oof. we're also going to share some time with our guest, who is Dara Pollock. She is the founder of The Skinny Pig, where gluttony is no longer a sin. Mm -hmm. She is a former ballet dancer who, through some unfortunate circumstances, found a new but very, very cool path in life where she is now uh, – well, she's also a writer – but uh, she was forced to give up her dreams of being a dancer on Broadway, and she realized that her big passion was bacon, and from <laughs> hence the skinny pig, I guess. And and from bacon, we get food blogging and recipe making and reviewing and just being immersed. I hope all the time in food, which you would never know because she's just skinny as a rail. But uh, hence the name of her company. Oh, good call. <laughs> Boom. I just got that. So, anyway, <laughs> um, so she had me at bacon. Me bacon too. has always been uh, a big thing with uh, with me, and I know with Elsie too. Elsie's a big bacon fan. Yeah. Um, when we had that anthropoid uh, show, we talked a lot about bacon. Anthropoid. I'm not going to say that other word that rhymes with monkey. Oh, I'm catching your drift, Elsie. I'm not. I'm, I'm not at all. What's what rhymes I with really, monkey? Spunky. I kind of just said. She just said the word. It, it rhymes with monkey. Yeah. yeah. Spunky. Monkey rhymes oh. with monkey. Oh, okay. Good call. <laughs> yeah. 
Let's give her a raise right now. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe we won't play charades together. No, okay. It's okay. Anyway, so uh, we've done our podcast on, on the show. I can cannot <laughs> wait to get into that conversation. And we're, as usual, lots of stories, uh, lots of things to share, and improv. Improv as always. But uh, first, I have to ask you a question, Danielle. Me? Okay. Yes. You, Mademoiselle Danielle. Oh, we oui, we. Oui. Why do you have... Because we're doing French now. Yes. Why do you have 17 squirrels all around your feet? Why 17 squirrels? Do you know why I actually have 17 squirrels around my feet? That is why I asked the question. You know what? I'm going to tell you why. No, this is this is absolutely insane that you asked me this. Really? Because am I am I squirrels? Yes, the squirrels actually have to do with a fun fact that I wanted to share about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I actually did not know this. This is completely serendipitous. Yeah. So you know, I'm going to tell you why. First of all, squirrels are terrifyingly cute. Okay, so I'm just a fan. I'm just a fan, and I brought the squirrels here. Can you just stop for a second? Park that. Keep you know, put a put a put a bookmark in that or whatever it is. Yes, pin. That's what it is. Put a yes, pin in there. How can you be terrifyingly cute? Because you don't want to get too close, but you like to follow all of the squirrels' Instagram accounts, right? <laughs> so what it is is they're cute, but you terrify <laughs> other people. No, no, no. They kind of terrify me. Like I don't want to touch it, but I okay. like to look at these squirrels. So. All right, so- I, I feel like Snow White today. That's why I brought in all the squirrels. Okay. They're all here. But here's a fun fact. Did you know that in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate okay. Factory movie, there were real squirrels cracking nuts. So there were a lot of, of course, there were a lot of things to like about the movie. But there were 40 squirrels, actual squirrels, cracking nuts in the scene where Veruca Salt falls down the garbage disposal. You know that scene? But they were not CGI. They were real, highly trained squirrels cracking nuts on camera. And you'd think in like a Tim Burton movie, of course, you know, it'd be like fake squirrels. That's literally, it was one of my favorite parts. I want to know what it was like filming that. Because if you have 40 highly trained squirrels, there's going to be like two that are just having a bad day. And it's like, you know, look, Bob, Petula, just like, look, let's go, let's go. We got to do the ticket. And everyone back to one. Yeah, well, they were probably all SAG, SAG after <laughs> Squirrel after Guild. Yeah. They had to sign <laughs> the waivers. <laughs> guild, I like that. <laughs> the right. Squirrel Actors Guild, exactly. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so we're going to get started with the show. But first, as always, Daniel has a nerd tip for us. Well, do you know what's funny? Is that was it? That was the okay, nerd tip? Okay, no, no, no. I'll give you a, a tip. That was just like a fun little, you know, fact, like a nerd Charlie and the Chocolate Factory fact. I'm going to give you guys a nerd tip. So as some of you may or may not know, I'm a dungeon master. I play Dungeons and Dragons on a weekly basis. And I love how you put that, which is obviously meant to reel us in a dungeon master. What could that be? Ooh. Oh, it's just that. <laughs> It's essentially like I'm a live improvised storyteller and narrator for the rest of my life is okay. what is what it, that means. I love that. So yeah. a podcaster. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. So yeah. continue. So I would say um, my nerd tip is to any of you new D&D players out there or anyone who's interested in playing or anyone who's interested in dungeon mastering, I would say that when you're 
ready to fight an enemy. I'm and some people might know what this means if they started to play, but you should roll because there's dice that you roll. You should roll your attack and your damage at the same time. Those of you out there listening, you'll know what I'm talking about. Is anyone in this room listening? I'm I'm lost, Dana. <laughs> I respect you okay, highly I don't for know your anything about that. Your dungeon <laughs> masterness. Yeah. Mademoiselle Danielle. You know what? People are going to get it who are listening. <laughs> Good. Good. So you and out there, Peter. Yeah. One guy named Pete. One guy named Pete. Petey. Peter. It's probably Petey. Yeah, it's probably Petey. Well, see, now here's the thing. If you actually, if you want to learn how to play on two nights of the week, Wednesdays and Thursdays, my favorite gaming store is called the Brooklyn Strategist, and they have... RPG sessions where you can learn. RPG stands for role-playing game. Ding! Another tip. That's two tips in one. I know. I'll be here all night. Okay, tell me to start the show, Danielle. You know what, Mark? I think it's time to start the show. All right. Yeah! This is Funny People Talking. Please put your hands together and do that cool clapping thing for your hosts, Mark Rako, Danielle Beckman, and the producer of the show herself, Elsie. Okay, so here we are. Here we are in the Mouth Media Network studios. I, I got to get something off my chest right out of the shoot. What is it? I saw a sign the other day, and I really want to bring this up because it's been like bugging me for days because yeah. I'm interested in your collective opinions, Danielle and Dara and Elsie, uh, especially because all of you are women. And mm-hmm. so um, I may have a totally different take on it than you do. So I saw a sign uh, mm-hmm. as I was uh, getting on the subway the other day, an ad just, you know, how like for those that that are familiar with uh, subway stops in New York, uh, in case you're listening and not from New York, uh, a lot of them have ads on them. And this particular one, I actually stopped and my jaw dropped and I showed it today to a couple of women that I would consider nothing really phases them. Mm hmm. And they were phased. So I'm interested what you think. And the sign said this. I quote, trust us, your vagina will thank you. (laughs) The mom washer. Postpartum care for down there. Could could I see it? You certainly can. Yeah, I want to see that. And I'm thinking about this, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to sound too Puritan here, but when did we start? Just saying, this is okay to put on an ad. Everyone will accept this. This is—is is that intended to be shock value? Is that intended to just cut through the noise and say, look, let's just be honest and talk about what reality is? Or did that go too far? I, I'm I'm bringing it up for discussion. I shall call on you, Dara. Your hand is up. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I have opinions because yes. I have opinions about everything. Um, can I? Yeah, can I first just yeah, take a gander? Go. I mean, okay. There's no picture. It's just text. It's just text. Which also, thank God. Like, let's be serious. And I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe the word vagina is the largest word on there. No, I think. Are they all the same font? Well, the trust us, your vagina part looks like it's a little bit larger. Okay. 
but I don't think the actual word vagina is any larger. Okay. But so, Dara, okay. your thoughts on this? If I yeah, may. I mean, I think that it is a little bit of it's a little bit of shock value, but also I think it's actually just I don't know how to say this without sounding like a terrible person. Um, just it's, say it's, it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's 2018. You know, the whole get over yourself. It's kind of like yeah, yes, but also like the feminism stuff is just like has taken yeah. has gone from zero to zero uh, to one hundred so quickly that I think it's become, is this riding that wave? I think yeah, and no pun intended, but yes, <laughs> I think it really is like. Just everyone is like, okay, we're going to talk about periods now and it's going to be amazing. And it's like, I'm still not really comfortable talking about that with just anybody. Like, I think, sure, it's yes, it's reality and it's something that all the women in the world, you know, deal with. But I don't feel like it's necessary to shove it down people's throats. But other people feel like it's just, you know, it's part of life and they're talking about it. And I'm like, okay, great. Good for you. But not for me. (laughs) Yeah, it's... Yeah. Are you speechless, Dana? I'm speechless. What? No. (laughs) Do you know what? It is very interesting because I'm super open about my period because sometimes I don't feel very well during that that moment. So So I need to share. I need to share with my friends. I need to walk into a room and be like, I'm not just an ass. Exactly. It's biological. But do you really say I'm I'm actually curious. Do you actually say it to like men? Like, let's say you're coming. Really? So that's interesting. I'm not comfortable doing that. I'm just not. I. I mean, unless they're like a close friend. Yes. My guy friends, I'll tell them all is it the, Excuse <laughs> yeah. me, Danielle. Uh, Dara, is, yeah. is, do you not feel... I can't believe this is the... I introduced the topic <laughs> and now we're talking about periods. Do I? Never saw that coming. But um, do, you, do you feel that way? Do you think because you're A, embarrassed, B, you're just an extremely private person, or C, you don't think they'll understand? It's more of like, I don't know. I just feel like it's something that everybody knows happens to women, right? So I just, and I do also have like, you know, bad times with it too. Sometimes my cramps can get out of control. I'll admit that right here. But like, I just don't feel like bringing it up to people who don't know me. It feels a little too, it feels a little too personal. And like, I share so much of my life with like literal strangers, but I don't know. That's something that... Maybe I'm just a little older. I don't know. It's just not my generation to, like, talk about it so openly. I guess it's just kind of in me that way. I don't know. You know, I, I don't bring it up to strangers. Okay. <laughs> so then, yeah. No, no. I, I mean, as in... As Excuse in, me, sir. If, like, guy friends. Like, I, my male friends, I would tell. No, yeah. as in as in, if I'm in a rehearsal, I sing in a band, okay. and if I'm in a rehearsal and I walk in and I'm not a hundred percent and four of the members are men, I'm going to be like, Hey, FYI, this is where I'm at. Oh no, totally. And my energy is low and I might throw up. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> you know, First of all, I'm sorry that that's that extreme. It's, for it's, you, it's, it's I, kind I of extreme. Like that. that's, yeah. Then that's, that's different. But, I would say that too. You if know, that was the case. as far as that poster goes, yeah. I think that, that back to what you were saying, Dara, I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gone from zero to a hundred super fast um and overall it's just i think it's just a a cry Mm -hmm. it's a cry for pay attention it's a cry for let me shock you right it's a cry for whatever and so i'm giving i'm giving it grace i'm like you know what i'm gonna give that sign grace yeah i'm gonna just let that sign happen because someone needed to be loud in that way oh no totally and i think that it's in a 
ultimately it's probably a good thing it's like you said because also in this day and age how do you even stand out anymore it's like there's so many messages being thrown at you all the time i think that's probably the only way to do it <laughs> so what that's about, a great perspective what about you Elsie? you're kind of a woman kind of <laughs> what are you sorry. What, i'm so sorry Elsie. i'm really sorry what what what, what well what do you want i want to know what you think yeah, what do you think Elsie? i don't i don't want to talk about that no no I know in uh, Europe they think that uh, Americans are prudes about it all, but yeah. I'm cool with that. Are they just like talking about their time of the month just left and right in Europe? I don't know. I don't they also not wear deodorant though? Let's be serious. Some of them don't wear deodorant, yeah. but also <laughs> in Sweden they're, um, they're beginning to give away free women's supplies. Oh, yeah? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well. And taxes are being lowered in Europe as well on women's supplies. I mean, that's a kind of – Is this to encourage good. the use of them? Has there been a lack of use and they're trying no, to promote it? No, probably just oh, cutting yeah. us a break. I just oh, spent, I just spent $13 <laughs> on Amazon on lady supplies that mm -hmm. will be arriving tomorrow to my house yeah. in preparation. So, you know, it's not a cheap habit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So I think I think what we can all learn from this. Yeah, how are you doing, Mark? How are you doing there? <laughs> a little shift in my seat here, but it's okay. It's all good. This is life. This it's is good. Right. This is good. Um, the the you know look, going back to the sign to yeah. me, this is this is another indication that there are enough businesses and people out there. This is just how I think about it. That are deciding we're just going to do this, and if we survive it. There's a new reality that we now can live in that we're boss of because we led the way. Mm -hmm. And I'll ride that wave until it's not interesting anymore. Then I'll find some other way to disrupt. Pushing the envelope. Yeah. And it's interesting to me because for some reason this makes me think of the other day, speaking of subways, um, there was something I saw that made me think – it made me realize how – trained we've become, desensitized we've become to the things that we see around us. So I'll give you an example. I was in the subway at 42nd Street, Times Square in New York, and uh, it wasn't even like it was one in the morning. It was honestly like seven in the, in the evening. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I noticed there was a guy just standing on the edge of the subway platform, peeing onto the subway tracks, <laughs> oh, right, yeah. in the, right yeah. out in the open. Yeah. And I, I looked at him and I, I couldn't help myself. I was like, oh, come on, man. Right? You yelled. It's not a bathroom. Yelled? I did. Okay. I didn't yell at him. I said it like that. I said, like, yeah. "Come on, man! It's not a bathroom." No. Getting ready to run in case he didn't like that <laughs> delivery, and not, you know, I was. I didn't yeah. want him to pee on me either. <laughs> so I'm serious. So and he looked at me, and first of all, just as a side note, his face looked like quite beaten up. He was some oh, sort no. of. He he looked a little bit, and I don't mean this as a joke. He looked like the elephant man a little bit. Like he was so beat up. His face was so. No. I felt really bad. Plus, he had to pee. Yeah, he so, got, he had but, to go. But, but, and then he just kind of looked at me and he just kind of shrugged and he kept peeing. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and I, I kept an eye on him because he looked like he was wobbling a little bit, yeah. maybe intoxicated or maybe woozy from being beaten up. I don't know, but he was wobbling. And I really was honestly wondering if he was going to fall down. And all of a sudden I turned, I heard a noise and I turned around, another noise, and I turned around and... There were these two big guys squaring off right mm -hmm. on the subway platform. And they're just like, come on, bitch. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Guy throws down his bag. Let's go. Let's go. And they're calling each other the N-word. And they're just like really squaring oh, no. off. Nobody called 911. 
No one ran away, but everybody, myself included, pulled out their phone. Isn't that insane, though? I find that really, really depressing. Me too. But I, I will say in my own defense, yeah. as I did it, mm-hmm. two things. One, I was not doing it so I could show my fiance. I okay. was not doing it so that I could put it on YouTube. I was doing it in case something happened and there yep. was evidence of it. Because I, yep. I'm a former NYPD uh, oh. auxiliary police officer. Okay. I still think that way. And it doesn't mean I was a cop. It doesn't mean I'm, you know anything sure. like that. But I'm saying I, I do naturally think that way of like if I see something, I want to capture it. You're documenting it. it. Oh, and no, I, I, I could see you doing that because, for that reason. That makes right. sense. But younger so, people who do it are not doing it. But there yeah. was a guy <laughs> next to me. And this is yeah. my point. There was a guy next to me doing it. And he looked as looked like he won the lottery. He was so gleeful. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> and oh. I was like, and I turned to him, I and I said to him, also, I was like, "Come on, man!" Oh I was like, "You had another come." I had man. another come on, man. <laughs> Different tone though. This this was less disgust, uh, um, than it was um, sort of an order to cease and desist. Yeah, reprimanding. <laughs> I was reprimanding him. Like, come on! He just kind of looked at me, <laughs> and then. Um, I will say ultimately they did not end up fighting. One ended okay. up uh, the 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 better sense of valor or whatever the the right. saying is. Yeah. And, and well, yesterday in Brooklyn, I was in a car and which is rare for New York. It is, and unless was, you're Ubering or something. I, well, it was my roommate's car, and we were driving somewhere. Well, most people and, don't get to drive in your roommate's car, so that is rare. Oh yeah. <laughs> They're the best. I have two roommates. <laughs> we'll get back to it. But I was going to say that I we we could barely cross this one street in Brooklyn because a fight broke out in the middle of the street on the thoroughfare wow. with like two men with no shirts. And everyone took out their so they were phones. Both on the same everyone team? took out their phones. They were both skins. Yeah, no, legit. They, I'm like, I'm like, okay, this is just two friends fighting. I don't know, yeah. but it was really brutal. There was some blood, and yeah, but the phones, the phones whipped out. Yeah, it's so strange. Now, yeah. on the other hand, you never know what you're going to find. You, you're you're going to no. find people fighting. Yeah. Um, you're going to find a vagina sign. Yeah, a yeah. vagina sign. My fiance and I went to the medieval festival up in Fort Triumph Park. Oh, I've been to that. And it w- so not the Renaissance Fair, the medieval festival. The medieval it's festival. Okay. Right oh, now, so you've been there, right? I've been to that yeah. one. You've been to the medieval festival. Yes, I have. Did you go to the one this year? I did. It was huge, wasn't it? It was very surprising. Oh, Elsie, you went? Yeah. See, as a D and D player, I should have gone. What's wrong with me? It Tell was, me about it. Well. Okay, so two things. Uh, the reason, let me tell you why I told you, just so I don't forget. Yeah. One of the things that we saw was there was a woman sitting, and she was a fairy godmother, or um, I don't know if you saw that Elsie or not, but it was, uh, or or she was some sort of fairy or fairy godmother or something along those lines, right? Um, and she had a book. And she was writing wishes in the book, and kids come up to her, Aww. and she would keep track of the wishes. And I thought, ah, uh, yeah, I saw that. I thought that was amazing. I it thought was that was nice. so sweet. Yeah, that's really cute. I took that's a picture cute. of that. I whipped my phone out for that one too, by the way. So, okay. Yeah. So um, that's good. Not to call nine one one or for evidence. I just <laughs> right. want to remember it. It was so that cute. Is cute. Did you go up and put a wish in? <laughs> I just did it passing by. I just okay. Knew. But what occurred to me, by the way, I was like, I wonder 
and this would be a good marketing move, but it might violate the whole medieval feeling. I was I would think it would be so cool if someone would then look at all the wishes and uh, categorize them online so kids can look up and see that the wishes were really banked and kept track of on some sort of special website. But then how do, you, how do you communicate that within the medieval world? And well, ye old website. And, also, yeah, <laughs> right? and isn't that also like technically putting it out and it's like it won't come true then if you like say it to other people. Isn't that like sharing other people's wishes, a violation of their trust? Yeah. You know what? They need a carbon copy wish book yes. so you can write it down. Rip out the carbon copy, give it to the child. Like a receipt? Yeah. Like a wish yeah. receipt? Yeah, Your give a wish receipt received <laughs> upon leaving. I like that. You know? And make it analog. So, the, yes. So, anyway, uh, for me, the medieval festival was surprising at how many freaking people there were. Yeah. I, I was shocked up there at the top of Manhattan by the cloisters. It, it was There was a bajillion, technically a bajillion, maybe two bajillion people. Wow, I can, I don't even know how to count to a bajillion. It was Same. go up there, look at the number of people. Well, that's how many bajillions. It's beautiful there, though. It's it's be beautiful fair. there, yeah. and also this is why I started doing things such as Dungeons and Dragons because there are so many people <laughs> interested in it. I'm telling you, the medieval yeah. time period, the Renaissance time period, it's guys making a comeback. Can I ask why you think that is? Because I agree with you. It is huge, actually. Is. But why is that? I think it's storytelling in a way that we don't experience anymore. So huh. you put the cell phone aside and it's you get to... situation. Yeah. So, and of course, everyone loves Lord of the Rings. Everyone loves... Um, Game of uh, Thrones. What have you? Oh, Game Harry of Thrones. Harry Potter. No, is that not the same? I'm so not Harry Potter any of that, so. is technically present day. Got but it. you okay. know there seen... are magical elements. You're right on track okay. in D&D. &D. So okay. I think that's why you saw a bagajillion yeah. <laughs> people. I guess it was. I don't know. It was so, um, Back in the day, though, um, they there weren't that many people. No. There the, weren't even bleachers. This is a good point. They didn't even have bleachers. Well, I think it But for this one, they had bleachers and people were watching stuff. They and the fights have, were really fighting. The, yeah, they had battles with knights fighting I or whatever, like but they, were, a, yeah. they weren't like sword. They, they were like battle axes. And like, there was one guy that was actually, I think he was hurt. <gasps> oh, he, wow. Like they had to help him off the field. And I was just like, wow. That I mean, I don't know. I have opinion about that. I kind of feel like it's because, like you said, it's a fantasy a little bit, but I think it's an escape from not like, I don't want to be like, oh, this world is so messed up, but part partly it is a little bit. And I think that some people actually really long for an excuse to detach from technology and social media mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And they like the, you know, actual human interaction mm -hmm. and connection you get from enjoying something that someone else like enjoys the same thing as you. So when there's, I think that's kind of, it's almost like an yeah. escape. Yeah. I think that's why people do it. They long for that old way of connecting that we don't do anymore. Yes. And it's different from binge watching on Netflix. Yes. Right. Because exactly. that is an escape. You can go and say and say watch like The Handmaid's Tale. That's yeah. a dystopian storyline. Yes. That's a different world. Mm -hmm. However, it's on a screen. Whereas right. this is interactive. I love that. Now, that the more true. we can start integrating these things into our regular life on a daily basis, how interesting would that be? Okay, you know what I was thinking about the other day? Yes, you're doing it, Danielle. You I'm are doing it. You are a dungeon master. Uh, but also, costumes. I was thinking the other day, costumes, costumes. You want to wear costumes? Yeah. Yes. So, like, what kind of costumes, Elsie? Medieval ones for the medieval festival. Do you want to wear med medieval costumes Garth. all the time? Sure. What would your medieval costume be? Queen of the Universe. Yes. It's bold. I, like I have two cloaks. You can borrow either to start. Oh my God, I would always. I want a cloak. 
I just want to say that I have a cloak. <laughs> My cloak is would, gorgeous. I'll show you a picture later. I would like to point out that it's very rare I've seen Elsie smile in the studio. And she's got a big broad smile on her face for that. I know. I, I she wear, really wants I to wear that. I don't see her smile either. This is... No. <laughs> All Sorry. right, Elsie. Happy yeah. Elsie. Um, it's weird. It, for some reason, it made me think the other day I was thinking about how cool it would be if the subway had – so have you ever heard like the subway – because technically the announcers on the subway are not supposed to vary from just saying stuff. Mm. So that when you hear someone making jokes or doing things in, a, in an accent, they're technically breaking the rules. They're not supposed to be doing that. Funny. I think it's fun. It makes yeah. the, the ride nice. I was thinking how cool it would be if they could somehow, maybe to call attention to a charity or something like that, have celebrities do the the subway voices. How fun would that be? Don't they do that already? In New York? Um, I think they do it in Boston. Like on maybe, the or, train? Or, Not on the MTA trains. Like the taxis. No. They do it in, well, that taxis, yeah. They and do? then also they do it on like Long Island Railroad. I mean, well. They do? They don't. I don't know if they're celebrity celebrities, but they're like Mets players and stuff. And like, oh, really? Yeah, they'll be like, I'm David Wright, and like, blah blah blah, and whatever. Yeah. No, but they do so. like they like announce like like be safe with the police or something, right? They're not like mm-hmm. uh, yes, it's correct. not like our force. Get out of the car. <laughs> Whoa, Elsie! Wow, wow Elsie and I were on the same wavelength. I was just gonna say that I'm like. Yeah. You know. Give me a tip. Next up, 142nd <laughs> Street. Yes, that's different. Get it out. does not do that. <laughs> Definitely doesn't do that. <laughs> I swear. Elsie, how did you know I was going to do that? I didn't know. <laughs> uh, one of our favorite games on this show, by the way, is called What Would Arnold Do? I re- oh, yeah. And I know it's basically okay. what would Arnold Schwarzenegger do? And none of us on the show have ever done a, a capable Arnold no, accent, except yeah. for me. But my favorite is when Elsie tries to do Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice. <laughs> I mean, try. You do it very well. You really do. <laughs> Would you care to demonstrate? I just did. Okay. Yeah, she did. She, she did, did actually. Yeah. Yes. You, so you did care to demonstrate. She's really a rare form. form today. All right. Uh, I would like to close this segment. Um, I thought you were raising your hand for some reason. Elsie. I've been raising my hand a lot. Same. You did. You did raise your hand. <laughs> um, did you have something to say? Did no. Did something to add? Did you have something to add, Elsie? I'm just glad we're not talking about public urination in nether regions anymore. Okay. No, we're not. All I want to say is one thing. This is going to go right, right to Danielle's heart. I recently got an amazing gift from my fiance. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. It has to do with one of our favorite subjects, Danielle, Star Trek. I did the Vulcan sign before you, you even said nope, it. She knew. I we, knew. I got a bottle of Star Trek vodka. It was like Star Trek The Next Generation style. And I apologize for anyone who's listening that's like whatever, Star Trek Whatever, I don't care it's about Pete. it. It's Pete. We're sorry. We care. It's I'm Pete's really the sorry. only one who cares. Hey, Petey. Pete, who's listening? <laughs> hey there, Petey. Um, we're um, it was a star. It was a bottle of Star Trek vodka, it's limited edition. That is so. To cool. be honest with you, I'm not sure if I was enjoyed getting it more or she enjoyed giving it to me more because it was. Did it taste like? Space? Yeah. Have you cracked it open? I did not crack. I'm afraid to crack it open. I feel I know. like I. I feel Bad doing because it should stay contained, but I also hate to waste 
Vodka. You said the word fiance, right? Yeah. Okay, so you crack it open as a wedding celebration. Oh. Boom. Boom. May Great. the force be with you. That is the wrong. That is. <laughs> wow. On that oh, note. Oh, okay. So close, uh, coming up, we're gonna get into Dara's story and find out from whence she came, <laughs> where, with. She has traveled or whatever, and everything's going to be in Renaissance <laughs> medieval now, and uh, and what she's doing now, and why her business is called the Skinny Pig, and that will all be right after this. We'll be right back on Funny People Talking. Connect with the show at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. And please, for the love of all that is holy. Subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you. All right, we're here with Dara Pollack. Uh, before we get to your story, Dara, just one quick thing. I realized you were trying to say something before we uh, we took a break, Elsie, about the vodka. What were you trying to say? I asked if it tasted like space. i don't know yet i didn't open it i what does space taste like i asked you i swear i thought she was on the same vodka i don't know maybe Um, space tastes like vodka you're maybe you're right you're on to something (laughs) anyway i think yeah i'm gonna say crack it open crack it open for that wedding celebration i swear if it was here i would crack it open well and then you gotta let uh Elsie, you know what space tastes like. I will. I will. Maybe, <laughs> maybe do you want to taste some, Elsie? No. Okay. Uh, are you okay? Are you tired today? Are you crotchety or something? No, What's I'm, going I'm, on? I'm yeah. Fine. I'm fine. All right. I'm fine. You've been sleeping okay? I'm fine. You're fine. I'm fine. This is this is the move it along producer talk or yeah. what? Did you want anything from me? <laughs> That's a leading question. Hey, Elsie, could you take some pictures, please? <laughs> no. Sure. Hey, Elsie, could you take some pictures of us, please? What What exactly do you want? Pictures of oh, us. No, like what? Just please. The audience doesn't care. This is so boring. All right. Bye. Thank you. Get Mark's good side. That's all he wants. There is no good side, Daniel. Oh, I have a good side. <laughs> I just got to ask you, Elsie, I, I feel in the past as if you have contributed more to the show. It's because I, I was the only one here and I had to. <laughs> do you want to contribute something like what i don't know anything a game do you want to contribute uh, a thought did you have a dream do you have a plan did sure, you go sure, somewhere sure. did you travel I'll I'll, I'll 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 tell you my dream that i had you had How's a dream that? yeah okay elsie's dream okay so i had this dream and i well, I have to tell you, I don't. I'm not really good at titles and stuff, of songs or books or movies and stuff. So, in my dream, I had a dream that um, Jennifer Lopez had released a new song called "Embrace My Heart," but it wasn't the. Well, how do I say this? There's a song called "Unbreak My Heart," right? Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in but in my dream, I screwed up the title on that too, and it was not Jennifer Lopez who sings it. It's Tony. Braxton, I it think. is Tony yep. Braxton. Yeah. Correct. So I, so it's all wrong, but that's okay. It's my dream. So Jennifer Lopez was doing all the talk show circuits, 
And she was talking about her new song, Embrace My Heart. And she was very adamant that no one was to sing it but her. It was her song. Really? And she sings it. And anyone who tried to perform it or cover it was going to get a cease and desist. All right. (laughs) Go J-Lo. And and then she would sing the song on the show and then it would be over. Like Conan and Jimmy Kimmel and other people. So then she was on Saturday Night Live. And in my dream, I screwed that up too. Because instead of being Leslie Jones, it was Leslie Uggams. <gasps> but I they're, love Leslie but they're both named Leslie, so it's okay. All right. So in this scene, Jennifer Lopez and Pete Davidson, who I'm guessing because he's been in the media, was in my dream. So J Lo and Pete Davidson were, it was a classroom and they were sitting in old style school desks. And so J-Lo and Pete Davidson were in the back pretending to flirt. And then all of a sudden, Leslie Uggams stands up and is very dramatic and goes, unbreak my – no, 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 no. Uh, embrace my heart. Oh, and then you see J-Lo go, <gasps> and then I woke up. <gasps> so clearly they, they got her because it was live. She couldn't do anything. So she got really so so Leslie Uggams did exactly yeah is in the slammer right now yeah in in my dream so J Lo yeah she was really mad and that was my dream and I have no idea what it meant that's a weird dream so like psychoanalyze that I dare you Uh, I don't know can we psychoanalyze that I don't even think I can and I'm usually really good at that (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I like the the change of lyrics. Embrace my yeah. heart um, instead of you unbreak. Know? I wonder if you want J Lo or whatever she represents heart. to embrace your heart. Are you looking to embrace the Latina community? No. Yeah, I think Are, that's too literal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Leslie Uggam thing is great because she's on the end of her career. Yeah. Um, and for her to just, you know, go for it. Also, Leslie Uggams has been known to get lyrics wrong. Really? So do you all know the famous June is busting out all over? Yeah. Elsie, no. do you know it? I heard, actually, I, I when I was reading up on her, I found that out after the dream. Have you seen? I haven't the seen Glorious it, no. footage. No. She is an amazing force to be reckoned with. Broadway veteran. But maybe... It's the Leslie Uggams lyric mess up, and oh, you were having some sort of premonition. Oh, interesting. Well, now, when's the last time, Danielle, that you remember remembering a dream? Wow, uh, probably this last week. Really? What was your yeah. dream? Do you want to share it? Um, Do you remember it enough to share it? No pressure. <laughs> I mean, I could tell you dreams from long, long time ago. So really? times that I've slept, walked, or slept, talked. Tell, tell are those, are those, is that the right Please to be sharing. Uh, well, I can go way back to college when I, it was finals week and it was a very intense week. I think it was my junior or senior year and I had a roommate, you know, we live in the same room, not as you do these days in New York where you have your own room, hopefully. But we were in the same room and my roommate approached the room right as I had fallen asleep and I heard her coming in, rustling her keys. And I semi-remember, but I was asleep, semi-remember needing to get an 
uh, information across to her. So I stood up, walked to the door, and as she opened our bedroom door, I looked at her, so she says, and I said, did you fight the battle? (laughs) And she's like, oh, hi. Hey, hey, Danielle. I'm like, did you fight the battle? And she's like, um... I don't know. And she knew me really well. She goes, oh, did I take my final? Yes, I did. And I'm like, did you win the battle? And she said, yeah, I I, I think I got it. I think I did really well. I think I passed the final. And I was like, good. <laughs> and I just apparently like crawled back to my bed, which was kind of a low bed. That kind of makes sense why I crawled. It was one of those Ikea low beds. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, Terrifying. this is my this is this is the the account that I heard of later. But it was like I threatened her upon her Did you fight the battle? And she's like, oh God. I mean Anyway, we're this still, we're is still what friends. nanny cams are made for. I know that's, that's also scary in that like demonic Dude. voice like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That she knows well. me well enough. We're still friends. She just got engaged. <laughs> wow. She's an actress because yeah. yeah, she's she's awesome. She was on Jane the Virgin and she's wow, she's good killing. Cool. She's out in LA. She's killing it. That's and awesome. she put up with my sleepwalking for years. Oh my goodness. And talking. What do you make of that dream? Do you have any analysis or the that that situation? I remember analysis? dreaming um it was like a stress dream almost where I was like it's finals week. We all have to like be good at things and be smart <laughs> to graduate. So so I was like we're fighting a battle and I think I just internalized it and when I knew she came home and I knew she had a big final I I it was it was urgent. Did you fight the battle? You know like I had to know. Wow. The yeah. finals the battle. Uh, yeah. Obviously. Obviously. I took a dream course really? a long time, like one class, like a long, long, long time ago. And oh. I, all I remember is the guy giving us an example about the time he had had a dream. And I guess he had had some gastrointestinal issues. And in his dream, he walked into the kitchen and written across the kitchen cabinets were the words, eat prunes. Oh, my God. That's and I'm like, That's hmm. amazing. Analyze that. I don't know. What should you be doing? I was like, that was like the worst example of for a dream course I've ever heard. Oh my god. That is so and he was the teacher? I know. I don't know. It was (laughs) he was an adjunct. I don't know. That's Uh, so funny. Dara, do you have any I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you have any dreams that you remember that were sort of yeah, crazy I actually remarkable. I have a crazy one. It's not funny though, so I don't know if you want to okay. hear it. Well, if but you this share is just it, the most fine. intense dream that I remember. I was maybe like ten or eleven years old, and I remember I was having a dream that someone, like it was one of those things where like you're in your house, but it's so not your house. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, you know it's your house, but it's not what it looks like at all. So I was like in my house, quote unquote, and um, I was being chased by someone. Like someone broke into the house, I guess. And they shot me in in my head, and I oh yeah, and that's I, rude, right? Like it's just yeah, too much. And I fell down. Apparently, you know, in the dream, I fell down, and I remember feeling like there was blood like trickling down my face. And when I woke up, I was in a pool of sweat. So it was just like I remember that like feeling as I felt it in the dream. But oh. then, and they, and it also reminded me of like when they tell you that you don't ever actually die in a dream because when you die in a dream, you die in real life. I want to know how they know that. Who's by the way. same? How do you find Who's that they? out? Like, same. I want to no, know who, but I mean, who, that, who could yeah. know that because <laughs> you, you die in your dream and then right. you die. Yeah. How do they ask you? What? Cause I was still awake in my dream. Yes. I was just like blinking wow. and whatever, but yeah, oh, I don't wow. know. You're right though. I have no idea who 
finds out that yeah, if you I die in a dream, you actually die. But yeah, that's the most intense. Well, the I've home heard. thing I've heard. Tell me, um, because you're certified in this. Because, <laughs> so, <laughs> Mark, you, tell me. Bring, yeah, because you took the prune <laughs> class. <laughs> um, <laughs> tell me yes. if this is true. I've experienced because I've had dreams in home, uh, mm-hmm. in in homes, right? Quote unquote, where I've been in a home. And I have heard in a dream analysis situation that um, a house or a home or an apartment reflects somewhere um, the status of like your heart, like not your not your oh. physical beating heart, but sort of like where your heart is. Oh, interesting. So, so in a way, like if if I'm thinking of a home, because I I kind of had a terrifying dream too, mm-hmm. where I was in um, my dad's house, right. where I grew up partially in my dad's house, partially in my mom's house. And in the dream and something like the same thing was robbed of me. And then I actually had to sit Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, what's going on like in my heart? Because I heard that that was a thing. And I found, and I like did this like little inner search Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, I think that I'm lacking in X, Y, Z. That's why that was robbed from my home. That's not true by bad dream. According to the internet. Yes. (laughs) The structure of the house itself tends to symbolize ourself, while the rooms of the house tend to symbolize specific aspects of selfhood. The meaning Ooh, of your specific dream about a house depends on the message your subconscious self is trying to send you. But These then, dreams can hmm. range from terrifying to enlightening. That's that interesting because then I'm like, yeah, because that like with yours, it makes sense because it's like the house, like you said, the houses were other places that you have lived, though. Right. Because mm-hmm. these are you with mine. They're usually not places I've ever, ever even really been in. They're usually like houses that I just don't even. Recognize. But you knew it was your right. But you house. knew it was like someone's yeah. home, either same, mine or same, my ex-boyfriend same. or something. You know, the structure wasn't the same, but I was right. like, this is my dad's house Got in the it. dream. Yes. That's what I mean. Yes. Yep. OK. What if it has to do with like the, your connection to your dad that represents. Exactly. You right. know, yeah. Now, I will tell you, I personally have a very difficult time remembering dreams. It's very rare that I mm-hmm. remember it for more than a few seconds. Wow. OK. But I remember about nine years ago, I had the most cinematic, detailed, well-structured dream <laughs> that when I woke up, I remembered all of it. Mm-hmm. And I wrote it down and emailed it to myself yes, so I would never that's forget funny. it. And this is the dream. Okay. <clears throat> I had a meeting at my old employer and my boss in the dream had a cane and he was with Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> so, yes. Someone had to bring Pee Wee Herman to the airport. And apparently I had met Pee Wee before and even worked on an indie short film with him. He was dressed in a brown suede suit with a brown tie, but he was slightly Pee Wee-ish. <laughs> this is already more than I usually remember from any dream, and it's okay. so detailed. This is yeah. very detailed. Yeah. He didn't really know what airport he had to co- come in on, and he lived in Canada. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> on the map, LaGuardia and Newark seem like the same airport, so we tried to get there. Eventually, I tried to take him <laughs> by helicopter, which apparently I knew how to do, but somehow right. we got turned around and ended up back at base. When we arrived, we were still trying to find out where the airport was, so we went to go again. We ended up in a car, but someone was chasing us, and we switched cars to get them off the trail. The car was kind of a behemoth and from the 70s, probably. It finally started in the nick of time, and vroom, we took off. Eventually, we had to stop. 
Somehow, as I was looking for the helicopter, I saw a big helicopter, like a military green large helicopter somewhere between Trump's helicopter, the old one, and the kind with two sets of blades. I was wondering, could this really be the copter we took earlier? I noticed several police in riot gear with their AK-47s drawn and slowly circling and looking at something that is a threat. I saw two parked tractor trailers, which I assumed were what was the concern because they were parked together and in an area that wasn't normally for that. Kind of an office park, green park area. A small crowd was forming. I turn and see what they're looking at was three teenage boys in white t-shirts and shorts with some logo on the back of them. I remembered all of this after I woke up, by the way. Standing with their backs to us on a hill, just standing there as if in some protest. The police were ordering them to kneel down, and I think they did. Then I realized my brother was there behind me making some commotion. He was yelling at the cops to leave them alone, and he was really out of control. When the cops told him to desist, he immediately laid down at the base of a tree. For a moment, I thought his military training, because he was a Marine, made him automatically know that if he resisted, he'd be arrested or attacked by the cops. But actually, he laid on his back and side, threw his arms around the base of a tree with a wide trunk so his arms only fit around part of it and started acting in an insane, childish, strange rant, as if he was taunting the cops and that somehow this grip, impossible to maintain, would make him immovable. The cops came over, put some sort of oxygen mask on his face, which instantly calmed calmed him down. And when they removed it, he said, you got it to them. His then wife lost it and started running away over a hill, crying uncontrollably. And I remember this made me well up and cry in the dream too. I ran after her, and when I caught up with her, she turned to me and said, my doctor is here. I can't let him see my nails like this. And then I woke up. <laughs> and that is a real true dream. I don't even know what to say to that. There's, there's no Analyze analyzing. that, yeah, bitch. There's Where's no the... analyzing that one. Where did, where did Pee Wee go, though? I don't right? know. What? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Did he ever get to the airport? Uh, we need to know. Those non sequitur things like that, like <laughs> oh, the non the nails done, and then you wake up. That's stuff that happens to me, though. I wonder. Yeah, I don't know what that means. But the but nails done thing is yeah. so appropriate for my life because I just went to an audition last week, and mm-hmm. I was having coffee with my mom right before, and she goes, "You can't go in with your nails like that." Literally. Oh yeah. So no, the fact that you said that, I'm like. Whoa. <laughs> I'm living this. Can't wait to see Pee Wee oh improve. God. Oh my God. Yes. What do you think that dream means, Elsie? That you're weird. <laughs> I like that. On that uh, note. Yeah. Maybe it's the indigestion thing. <laughs> so I, thank you for telling us your dream, Elsie. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Dara. And mm-hmm. now I told my really long dream. And I feel like we've been waiting forever for Dara's story. We have. <laughs> Believe it or not, the little that I know about your story is is actually just as compelling as the little story that I told, if not more so, because it's real life. Mm-hmm. So as we mentioned, uh, it, it's it's the skinny pig yep. is her business and her blog. And she's uh, turned herself over to bacon and mini foods <laughs> as her lifestyle. But that is not where you started. No. Uh, you started in some pretty difficult circumstances originally you envisioned being a dancer Mm -hmm. you were a dancer and you were heading in that direction 
Will, will you share how you ended up in the food business? Yes, indeed. Um, okay, so the abridged version sort of is, uh, yeah, so I was a dancer, uh, ballet, tap. I was really, tap was my favorite, but I was forced into ballet for technique reasons. Um, but yeah, so I did all that and I was 17. And yeah, I mean, I really just wanted to be on Broadway someday. I wanted, you know, just dancing and acting a little bit, but whatever. I wanted to be on Broadway. I was 17, uh, senior of high school, about a month in, I'd say. So this was September 30th, 2001. So right after the whole wow. September 11th thing. Yeah. So um, not a great month. Um, but I was at my job, which was at uh, Barnes & Noble in this little shopping center in Bayside in Queens where I grew up. And I was on my break and I was outside with a friend talking and I just was, just, you know, chatting. And I saw this woman backing out of a spot and she just like it was. Well, no, I'm sorry. She was spinning the tires. It was in neutral. So the tires were spinning. Mm. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with this person? She doesn't know how to drive clearly. But then the next thing I know, my friend who was standing there with me goes, uh, yeah, that car's not stopping. And she got out of the way. And the second I turned, I just saw this car flying oh, at me. No. And I just, it was like one of those things where you blink. And next thing I know, I'm pinned against the wall by my right leg. And I was conscious the entire time. Yeah, I was almost amputated from the knee down. I got very lucky, but Darryl, it was a wow. total compound fracture, the bone, you know, graphic, but both through the skin. Yeah. And again, I was awake the entire time. And she was still like backing up into me. And I was like pounding on the trunk of the car. So oh my uh, yeah, they called me superwoman for a while because they were like the fact that you didn't pass out from that, like, is kind of shocking. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was that. And then when I got to the hospital, um, they didn't really tell me how screwed I was. Like I was 17. So I was still in pediatrics. So I think they maybe didn't want to scare me. But yeah. eventually, you know, they told my parents I would never walk again. And they were like, she's a dancer. Like, are you kidding? Like what? So I was in the hospital for a month and um, I had wow. 17 surgeries. Like I said, I was really lucky that I kept my leg, though, because I'd only broken my tibia if I broke my fibula, fibula. the one that's in the back yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Uh, if I had yeah. broken that, I would have been amputated from the knee down. So I got very lucky that it was just the tibia and whatever. So they were like, we can repair it, you know, <laughs> like the, what is it, Bionic Man? We can rebuild him. It was like, yeah. they're like, we can do it. <laughs> um, I'm better wow. than she was. Yeah. And, uh, well, they really did. They said that. They were like, you know, you'll have like rods and pins and stuff, but you're young enough that like we'll be able to take that out. So I don't beep when I go through airports anymore, which is cool. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. But yeah. So anyway, long story short is um, when I was laid up in the hospital and I was homeschooled for half of my senior year because yeah. I was just bedridden, whatever. I watched Food Network like all the time. I just found, you know, watching people cook very cathartic and watching them, you know, make things and whatever. And I was just, I always loved to eat. So, yeah. you know, um, yeah, that's kind of how the food blog eventually started, but took a while to get to that point clearly. Cause you know, that I just wanted to be a dancer. Yeah. Who were you watching on those times? Who yes. were like, you know, the big five? Yeah. I would say for me, it was a big th three maybe okay. four but uh my top the three that i remember the most and like i even have i found my notes that i like wrote down oh recipes from ina garten love yes. her i mean listening to her is just like she's like you know ronaldo's coming over and bringing fabulous wine and everything i do is fabulous like really and she always has a tablecloth to match <laughs> yes she's oh, just fantastic i know uh ina jada and bobby flay so nice. jada, bobby flay ina were probably the top three and a little bit of like uh little paula dean in there she's funny well yeah <laughs> I don't know about it anymore. Well, but we're talking about a while, a while ago. ago yeah. yeah. And uh, Emerald, you know. Oh, my God. Say, yeah. Emerald. Yeah. They were just really Listen. entertaining, you know. So I would say those were like my top. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. So f first of all, 
Are you? Are you? Uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I, and I'm <laughs> sure it's not the only time that you've done that. But yeah. what do you thinking back to that moment of the the car, mm. uh, which is a part of the beginning of your story, but it's certainly by no means the story. Right. Uh, is there is there any PTSD, if you will, oh. for you from this? Uh, mm. Do you, do you, do you see a see a car moving and and well, yeah. how, what has so, this meant for your life? Oh yeah, I mean, I've done. I feel like incredibly well in the PTSD department because yes, I mm. had horrible PTSD. Um, I was afraid. I was borderline agoraphobic for a little bit. I couldn't really leave the house. The first time I left the house um and i had to have my leg in this like robo cop thing contraption to keep it straight so i couldn't sit like in a car in the front seat i had to sit sideways like in the back seat like slide in my friends and my boyfriend at the time took me out and i you know put me in the back seat they were like we're just gonna get you out we're gonna go to like our friend's house it'll be whatever uh, we were in a parking lot because i guess somebody stopped to get money or get something whatever it was you know <laughs> booze maybe <laughs> Uh maybe not underage drinking cut that out um but either way we're in some kind of deli situation and uh there was a car that was backing up towards the car in the parking lot and i freaked out screaming hysterical crying begged them to take me home i was like i can't do this like just take me home so anytime i heard tires screeching i used to freak out driving was very difficult for me to get back into but i did um and then yeah just cars reverse lights to this day if i'm walking behind a car like that's backing up and i see reverse lights i will kind of freak out but not that bad like yeah. i'll i'll definitely have a little bit of a panic attack but not like anything like not a panic attack it'll just be like heart palpitations a little bit but yeah. i've come a long way thanks to therapy so my ptsd is no longer nearly as bad as it used to be so yeah would you because i'm I'm also I'm an ex dancer oh. and i am also a tapper oh my god yeah have you <laughs> tapped I have recently. Yes, actually, I think I tapped. Well, recently is a stretch, but last yeah. year I was getting back into it. I have a friend who um, takes classes, and I also met her through the food blog like circuit, oh, and cool. she takes classes over at a couple different places. And yeah. I tapped, and I can do it. Yeah, I mean, I did get back into dancing. Like, I think it took me only maybe a year and a half. Like, it wasn't like I wow. pushed myself through physical therapy to make sure that this was not going to like, cause you know, I was like, I'm 17. Like I don't yeah. want to walk with a limp the rest of my life. Like they told me I might, and I will get back to dancing and, you know, running and all that stuff, like a tampon commercial that they told me I couldn't do. You'll never swim. You'll never ski. You'll never oh. do that. I've done all that. So, but I pushed myself to get to that point. Very painful physical therapy, but I don't walk with a limp. I can tap again. I can dance. Go? Yeah. Dear. <laughs> yeah. Yay. That's Physical therapy. Awesome. So, so yeah. now now wow. that you have survived this, yes. um, moved past it as much as anyone is able to, given right. the circumstances, and embraced life and built a business, et cetera, et cetera. Why the skinny pig? I know you mentioned about the Food Network and all that sort of stuff, but why why have you chosen that as, at least for now and mm-hmm. the foreseeable future, your career path? What does it mean to you? And, and really, what is it? What are you doing um, – yeah talk about that sure uh, well first i don't think i even mentioned the name the skinny pig actually was kind of a nickname um because 
when I was dancing, you know, it was like working out basically all the time. So I used to eat an incredible amount of food and never gain weight. So I would eat an entire pie of pizza to myself. I used to have two Subway footlongs for lunch almost every day, too. Holy yeah. moly. Wow. Yeah, like insane. I My metabolism to this day is still pretty good considering how much I eat and I'm – I don't work out nearly as much as I should, but <laughs> anyway, so that's kind of mm-hmm. where it came from was somebody called me a skinny pig one day and then it kind of just stuck with me. Um, so anyway, yes, that's where the name came from. And then, yeah, it has evolved over the years. So like I said, it started out as like a restaurant blog, a bacon blog. That was what I was known for was bacon, that's everything bacon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started doing the cooking thing more and now it's like a combination of like I do and I do freelance like writing and stuff, but I'm also doing the social media management thing for places I've I've consulted for PR companies, helping them with their restaurants like that do branding and social media and they need help in that department. They'll like bring me in and, you know, I'll help them, you know, figure out the strategy and like who they should be reaching out to and whatever. And then there's some that I just straight up run their social media, Um, you know, so it's kind of evolved into a few different things. It's hard to. Hard to pinpoint. I feel like I have five different jobs. And recipe development, too, is like my favorite part. <laughs> Let me just touch on the bacon thing for just one sure. moment. But I, uh, yeah. I want to I learn – dive a little deeper, yeah. dig a little deeper. So bacon, personally, uh, close to my heart, if you will. Yes. Have you ever heard of a song called The United States of Bacon? I feel like I have. That's my song. Oh. Um, like you made it? Like I wrote you it. Wrote it. Oh, my God. Yeah. I may to, have heard it. I'll have to play it for you. Me, me, uh, me, so me, me. Can we get a taste? Yes, we can. Yeah, no pun intended like or pun intended. I th- if I have it on my computer, I'll play like the... The United States, the United States of The world is filled with things they say are good for you. And those they say will end it all. So let the Here's where the choir comes in. I'm getting a meatloaf vibe. I was getting a Billy Joel. No pun intended. I don't remember what I was going for. I get both of those things. Both and Billy Joel. This is the big finish. Oh. The United States of Bacon. Yeah. Yes. Bruce Springsteen. Oh, yes. Another one. Springsteen a little bit. The United States of Bacon. Church bells ringing, everything. Yeah. So anyway, yes. so we had bacon on the show one time okay. that Elsie brought in uh, on uh, the er, the previous version of this show, Monkey Radio. Uh, Elsie brought in 
what was that bacon from Baconry? Right. Well, Baconry was a. Oh my uh, God! I remember Baconry. Baconry uh, was in New York. Whoa. A Wesley Klein. Wesley Klein, a, a bakery that specialized in baked goods that involved bacon. You just and, blew me right back to that. Yep, I and they were about that. Wow. they were a, um, we a sponsor actually, of the show. Yeah, yeah. we did a show. And there. then uh, and we did a show at Baconry. That's right. Cool. Uh, and one wow. of the things that we got that I think you brought in. Was do you remember the chocolate covered bacon with gold? Yeah, gold it had, flakes, it had gold yep. dust on it. Yeah, uh, and yeah. and it's like it was like thirty dollars a piece or something like 24. that. Twenty four, reasonable. Twenty four for twenty four carats. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. But um, and uh, and I, I missed that place. And uh, one time, Elsie and I went to an event that Bacon was holding, and part of what you got was. It was a bacon eating contest, or it was mm. just all the bacon you can eat. There was just trays of different artisanal bacon all over the place, and only like six people came, or something like that. And we had an absurd mm. more bacon than any particular person should be allowed <laughs> right. or permitted by law to eat, and we ate. I did not feel well that night because yeah. I ate more than my share, mm-hmm. and I'm um, I, I miss. Baconry. Yeah. But that was a big part of our history was bacon. That's yeah. fun. So anyway, yeah. less about us, more about <laughs> you. So Dara, um, tell tell us what's important about food to you. Uh, what does it mean to you beyond a thing that you do? How does it connect with your soul? How does it connect with who you are as a human being? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. But um, I mean, it's it's close to my heart for a few reasons. Uh, both of my grandparents, grandmothers, I should say, um, who are now past, uh, but they were both very, very good cooks. So I grew up, you know, kind of watching them and like learning from them. So when I did start cooking, I remember them being a big part of that because, you know, they tell me like how to do certain things and make sure I'm doing this right and whatever. Um, so it reminds me of family a little. I don't have a great family situation. So I feel like it brings me back to that time when family was a little bit closer knit and everybody was still around and together. Um, and I don't know, there was just always something, um, about food. Like when I remember things from my life, like my early life, especially my childhood, almost everything is tied back to food somehow. Like I can remember Mm. what I ate on like days when I was a child, which I think is a little weird. And I remember even books that I chose. Like I remember stone soup being one of the things that I love and I love soup. So it makes sense now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like it was just always something that was like in, in me and like the cooking thing and the entertaining thing. I think it really is just a way to bring people together and I like I love when I make recipes and like my followers will tell me that they made something that I wrote and like a recipe like it's just the best feeling because I feel like I'm sharing something you know that's like close to me and again it's like the bringing people together thing so I think that's kind of what it is yeah what's a recipe that you remember making that perhaps was one of the ones you were the most proud of uh and and maybe it surprised you the most that it was so great um, I would say there's two probably buffalo wings. I make amazing buffalo wings. Um, that I discovered like 
few years ago because I used to throw a huge Super Bowl party at my house oh, every fun. year. Oh, my God. Like an insane amount of people would always come and be one of those things where like I'm like, I don't know half of the people in here, but yeah. awesome. And at the time I was young enough oh, that I could appreciate wow. that. Now I'd be like, get the F out of my house. But anyway, <laughs> um, well, which is why wild. I don't do it anymore. But I was like, I need to make wings. Like that's a thing you need to do yeah. for a Super Bowl party. Um, so I just started making them and I do it in this uh, – it's a boil and broil method. So I actually Ooh. boil the wings like with seasonings and stuff. So kind of infuse uses the wings from like the inside Smart. out then you bro- broil them to make them crispy so you're not even frying them so it's actually yeah. healthier too it is um that one and then probably my Oof. spinacopito which is a Gre- i'm half greek so little uh, spinach pies like love it. oh yeah. my god i make those really well and i did not expect that to happen <laughs> what's the secret to making good spinacopita so i think the my secret ingredient for spinacopita is a little bit of cream cheese to bind it all together because a lot of people use egg and I feel like the egg just sometimes if you don't use the right amount mm. it makes it mushy and it makes it just omelette which I, I don't appreciate. I was going to say quiche-esque. Yes, quiche and yeah. omelette. Right, quiche is a better term. Let's go with that. So, yeah. but and it, there's spinach. Yep, there's spinach, onion, a ton of onion and scallions and dill and a lot of spinach and then I just put like maybe a quarter cup of cream cheese. Not, okay. Not even a lot but it's just it gives it that like tang and a little bit of like nutmeg and parmesan cheese even just a little and then obviously buttering the phyllo like crazy because if you don't do that that stuff is such a pain in the ass i hate it but like oh necessary. yeah yeah it's so good <laughs> and the, the, are those onions like caramelized like cooked down no, they're not really that cooked down or they, they're just they, they cook in the baking process they kind of cook it you cook okay. them before like you make the spinach mixture and everything before like right. when i make that and then you felt okay. i taste that and if that doesn't taste good the rest is not going to taste Got good it. you know so that's really where you need the but i saute the onions and everything first so they kind of like they'll get translucent translucent but they're not like super wilty or caramelized now not the flavor for that <laughs> right but oh. yeah my mouth's watering. Well, I, should have brought, I should have made some for you guys and brought them in. Now I feel terrible. I feel that the <laughs> How future... How dare you? Anyone we have in the food space, I feel will be required to bring a yes. snack. Now, I'll yes. tell you, on Mouth Media Network, which the show is on, there's a series of shows called Is Your Business. So there's Fashion Is Your Business, Beauty right. Is Your Business. That's right, that's right. And I know that the guests on those shows are required to bring a snack for everyone to share. Whoa. Even wow. if you're a captain of industry, you're the head of global marketing for Amazon, you're bringing a snack. <laughs> I love that. Um, oh, that's amazing. Yep. All right. I so, owe you guys one. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's good. It's good. I'm just saying that uh, that's, it, it is actually a good practice. It's funny. Um, I, I do want to mention related chicken wings real quick. That Have you ever been to or heard of the Chicken Wing Festival in Buffalo? I have, and I always wanted to go. Been I've there. never been. Oh, have you? It's phenomenal. I Both Elsie and I have gone, and and it's a um, uh, but not together. Not together. But we um <laughs> but I feel we would have enjoyed it together though. No. You ate you ate a ghost pepper chicken wing, didn't you? Ooh. Yeah. How was that? <laughs> You're brave. Fiery goodness. Yeah, wow. That is yeah. brave. Actually, um it was very tasty. It did catch up, but it but it did actually have flavor. I don't like hot for hot sake. It's got a flavor. Same. I agree yeah. with that. I don't like things to light my mouth on fire. However, I do remember there were strategically placed ice cream carts in the in in the Funny. the stadium. Yep. there were I think there were like a hundred vendors, and what what would happen is every vendor you got two tickets or whatever, and it gave you three yeah. different kinds of chicken wings that they were offering, and Damn. you could have everything from 
ghost pepper to regular buffalo from Anchor Bar or whatever, yeah. the originator of the buffalo chicken wing. Right. Um, you know they have one here, not to interrupt, yep. but they opened one here. I will personally tell you, I, they were not my favorite chicken wing. Really? That's just okay. me. And then, uh, and I'm from Rochester, so oh, really? it's, uh, it's still I pretty. I you're from Rochester, yeah, yeah. home of the garbage plate. That's right. Um, and, my best friend is from there. And, uh, <laughs> but they also had like, Cinnamon sugar wings or something like that. That's and yeah, what like do you experiment with? Or do you have different dips? That's funny. Yeah, I experiment with the flavors of like the wing itself. So, like I said, since I do, it's almost like a marinating or brining, like as you would do with a turkey on Thanksgiving. I will change up those seasonings. So I've done my wings with like a teriyaki type of situation. I've done lemon pepper, which oh was my God. amazing. The lemon pepper was so good. Um, so yeah, okay, I mix cool. it up, and yeah, sauces too, obviously. But I tend to buy those. I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And one last question for yeah. me, anyway, unless uh, Elsie or, or Danielle have a question. One last question for me. Uh, what are people doing wrong with their food? If you, it, it, you know, I know it depends on the person, the, yeah. the, the ethnicity, the, uh, the, the nationality, and the type of food. But as a general rule, what are you finding restaurants are doing wrong or people are doing oh. wrong in their, in their own homes? In their own homes, I'm not going to judge because I feel like that's like – that's your safe space. You do – I feel like you do you. I have enough weird eating habits that, you know, I'll leave that one alone. But uh, since I am in the restaurant industry in some way and I've been around the – especially New York food scene for 10 years now, um, probably more, uh, I would say the thing that restaurants might be doing wrong is – and I am an influencer. Like, I'm an Instagram influencer. I have yeah. almost 90,000 followers on Instagram, so I get invited to, like, these places. And, you know, I think sometimes restaurants take the influencer thing a little too far. And they come up with these insane dishes <gasps> that are just insane for the sake of being insane and they don't actually taste good. And they're just too ridiculous and a lot of waste. And I hate when I see that. Like, sometimes, okay, it can look cool, I guess. But, like, it's such a waste, I feel like. You know, like... I, I feel like if you're not everything needs foam. Yeah, not everything needs foam. Not everything needs Emulsion. to be fucking unicorn. Excuse my language, but not everything needs to be unicorn. This, if I see like unicorn something again one more time, I just I can't with the unicorn. Now, stuff. if they serve some actual unicorn, that that would be unicorn novel. meat right. at the medieval fair. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Can you imagine How, some poor kid going? Yeah, seriously. You'd see PETA out there so quickly. Oh really? Yes. Oh my god! And that's when but, you go yeah. up to the PETA person and say, "Seriously, Susan." Mm-hmm. Unicorns are not real. <laughs> I know uh, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so you're yeah. you're um you're more about the quality than yes. the quantity of display right. and flourish. like the integrity. Like you know, keep your integrity. If you're if you really claim that you have great product, then you shouldn't have to make a seven foot version of it to prove that to people. Wow. I get that. That's why what grabs headlines and gets people interested. Yeah, I'm all for doing something a little crazy to like bring people in, but like. Just don't make it a, make everything about that, you know. So that's kind of what I think they're doing wrong a little bit is like letting influencers just get away with trying it. too hard, <laughs> trying too, too hard. hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And are there any restaurants? Uh, I realize this is part of your business a little yeah. bit, but are there any restaurants in New York City that you feel compelled to give a shout out to because they're just that special? Yes, definitely. Um, 
La Pecora Bianca is one of them, and I will say that they are one of my clients, so I love La Pecora Bianca, though. It's an amazing Italian restaurant, uh, and again, I'm really not just saying that. that. There's two. There's one in Midtown on 50th and 2nd, and then there's one in Nomad right around here, actually. It's on, like, nice. 26th and, yeah, over here. Oh, right. yeah. And Broadway. Mm-hmm. It's right I on the corner. it. Yeah. It's delicious, honestly. You gotta go. They're meatballs. Like, I, whenever I go in for photo shoots, I take one to go, like, an entire order. I'm always like, sorry, can I Ooh. can I take the next one? They're oh, like, really? <laughs> But yeah, talking to an Italian lady. That's right. Oh my God. Yeah. Please go and try. I would love to know what you think. They're honestly so good. Um, So they're one of my clients now. And then uh, some of my past clients, again, I think are amazing too. Flex Muscles was one of them. I hope you've been to Flex Flex Muscles. Flex Muscles is fantastic. It's such a great, consistent spot. It's been around forever and no one talks about it anymore. And people should. (sighs) Um, And then not clients, I would say. uh, there's a place. Oh my God, why am I blanking? Oh well, I, Emmy Squared. I don't know if you Emmy and Emily the pizza places. I don't know no, if you've ever I don't had. Know that. Oh God, yes, you have to try that. Um, have you ever heard of that, Elsie? You're pretty up on the restaurants in New York. No, I I know Flex Muscles though. I love that. Yeah, it's a great spot. Um, it's very yeah, good. Emily, Emmy Squared. Um, those are like some of my favorites. Uh, Beatrice Inn. It's another great place. What's a place in New York that you went into that um, most surprised you? And why? Most surprised me. Oof, that's a tough one. Hmm. I would say actually most recent, like in my recent memory, I would say Don Angie, honestly. Have you been to that one? I don't no. Know. Also Italian. Fantastic. Um, yeah, they just do very like inventive things with their menu and I did not expect to like it as much as I did and everything was just delicious. So uh, when you say so inventive, good. they didn't go over the top. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And, but they were still fresh. Inve- That's I would fun. love to show you a photo if I can find one. Oh, my but gosh. But it'll take me a while. But if, okay. I, if I may. Well, I while you're looking, have, <laughs> yes. have you have you been to Rock, R-O-K-C? It's at 141st and Broadway in New York. Wait, where? Uh, oh, 140. 141st and Broadway. I used to R-O-K-C. live on 141st and Broadway. Wait, what um, is this place? It's a, an Asian. You were the one that told me about it, Elsie. Ramen. It's a oh, ramen place. Ramen. But, but, ramen. but here's the thing. First of all, the food is ridiculous. Okay. Okay. The second – I'm, I'm not kidding. It's <laughs> insane yeah. how great it is. Wow. But – the presentation there of the way the food is done. And, oh, and by the way, one of the things we had was mussels in a beer sauce with cotton candy on it. And they put what? they pour the hot broth over the cotton candy, which melts <gasps> it in to everything. And in it, mussels, it's, it's imperceptible, but it adds a mild sweet. Okay. Yes, to the All beer right. or whatever. And then – um, But the way yeah, that everything's it presented, yeah. it's like they have these glasses that are like these china teacups on like glass stemware and – or they have <gasps> or they have little glass birds with a straw out of it that that's how you drink your cocktail. That's, or uh, It's cool. just so interesting and different. Oh. But I will tell you there's always a wait. It's always full and it's very small and kind of uh, okay. claustrophobic. But I believe – and I'm someone that does not deal well with that kind of environment. Same. And I will, I will tell you the whole time I was there, I was like, give me out, give me out, give me out. <laughs> and I'm very happy that I stayed. Okay. It was that good. Cool. I like that. Uh, ten and a half years ago, I lived on that corner. Yeah. 
and that's look funny. what I'm missing. Well, yeah, it's there funny. now. I don't. You know, can I still go up there, like you so know. It's really far, yeah, right, Dara? We live far it's away. A far we don't want to travel. <laughs> we live in the Long Island. Uh, this Long is Island. the uh, lasagna from Don oh, Angie, though. By is the way, is that like oh, a deconstructed lasagna or something? It's, it's rolled lasagna. Yes. Like they take the sheets and they roll it up so they make it just a little different. But okay, beautiful. I want to be there. I know. I want to make a home with that. Is what I want. I want to make the home. It's so good. Anyway. Okay. All right. So how can people connect with your business, Dara, and find out the things that you're doing? And and also the things, what do you have coming up that's exciting for you? Um, A few things. Um, I'm going on a couple of press trips. So (laughs) one of which is actually, oh, well, by the time this comes out, uh, but I'm supposed to go to Indonesia at the end of this month. And they just had that horrific uh, tsunami and earthquake situation. So I actually emailed them today to see like one is if if it's still on, number two, and and then like number two. Is it still worth it? No, it's not even that. I would say, like, let us use our powers and help raise money. Oh, like, God bless you. We have a bunch of influencers going on this trip. Like, hello, I have 90,000. Some of these other people have, like, 300,000. You know, like, let's raise some money for you guys. Like, why would I not do that? So that's what I'm kind of hoping that if they are letting us still go, if it's still, wor- it, like, worth it and it's still going to be feasible to go, I would love to help do that because – What's the point of doing this stuff if you can't help people? So, <laughs> and and on that note, yeah. that's that's wonderful. Yeah. On your, before you give the contact information and the social sure. and so forth, I did want to ask you, um, in sort of a nutshell version, what can you point to that as to why you've been able to reach ninety thousand followers? What what do you yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. We don't have to say there's a secret sauce. This is what I did, but yeah. how, what do you attribute that to? Yeah, there really is no secret sauce because people will ask me that. They're like, what did you do to get to this point? And I'm like, honestly, I have no idea sometimes. Um, I think it's really that I'm just – I'm myself. Like the person that is talking to you right now is the same person that is off the cameras and off the recording devices. Like I'm just very real with my followers and I think that resonates with people. They like when I share things – like again, when I share the story of this and like my troubles with anxiety and depression and PTSD, I mean so many people will reach out and be like, thank you for sharing that. It really helped yeah. me knowing that like – you know, and you, you think like what's the big deal? Like everybody shares this stuff but I guess everybody doesn't. I don't know. So – I think it's just that it's like the realism and the sense yeah. of humor. I think like people think people think I'm funny. So well, <laughs> I guess that's why are. I'm here. That's right. But also <laughs> your your way of connecting to people is gonna be different from say my way. Correct. So if I share my story of overcoming a thing, you're right. gonna share in a different way. That's gonna resonate. Yes. I think and it's like that's amazing. The, yes. Thank you. I think it's like the balance of um serious and weaving th- humor in throughout. I think it makes it like not overly dramatic and i think people yeah. like that it like lightens it up even though it's a little sad and depressing at times it goes right back to being like but everything's going to be okay kind yeah. of and it's just we all laugh sometimes Interesting. <laughs> and bacon exists that's yes, right and bacon it so. does bacon unicorns <laughs> yeah so anyway that's good um <laughs> bacon unicorns. Get i don't even know what that unicorn. is i just i was it was just a callback there was no there was I know, no I logic loved in it. that I loved yeah. it. prunes tell tell us about how people can connect with uh, what you're doing with yes. Uh, the skinny pig and and your social and yep. so forth. Yep. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at skinny pig NYC. That's also my Twitter, but I don't really I use Twitter very seldom, but whatever. Uh, then uh, my website is theskinnypignyc.com and then um, I think that's about it really. You can awesome. find everything else on there. Alright, Tara, thanks for sharing your story, but we're not done with you yet. Damn it. Kidding. <laughs> com- coming up right after this, yeah, we're going to play a little improv okay. with Darren. Find out about that funny side, Ooh. and uh, also guess what? 
it's going to be the end of the show, which means end of show food with Elsie <gasps> returns. And uh, I have, Elsie's been hinting that she's uh, something that she's very, very eager to share. That's very different. So I can't wait to find out what that is. And all of that right after this. Entrepreneurista, a woman who organizes and operates a business, taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. One who has a drive, passion, and vision with an undying determination to succeed. She is fiercely motivated, ambitious, and competitive, forging her own path to independence and success. That's an entrepreneurista. Through the conversations on the Entrepreneurista podcast, we want to celebrate failures reflect on successes, and get unfiltered about what it takes to be your own boss. This is the Entreprenista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have, with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done, and what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram, with no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Check out all our latest episodes at entreprenistapodcast.com. If monkeys had microphones, their show would be significantly better. Unfortunately, this is Funny People Talking. Welcome back, uh, and it is time for a game, and I have selected a game for us from the giant catalog of games that we built up on the previous version of the show, Monkey Radio, and the game today is called... And by the way, this is inspired because of how your life has morphed. You have made choices that changed what your your life has become. Mm -hmm. So this game is called Audible. And it's like in football where someone calls an audible play. It's like you think you have a certain type of play and then someone yells out a certain play and it changes everything Mm -hmm. on the fly. So what we do is you start telling a story and whoever you're playing with yells audible and you have to change where you're going with the story. Fun. And and that person can keep saying audible as many times as they want until they're satisfied with the new direction of the story. And the story continues until they hear audible again. And then eventually the story will be over when it's over. Cool. So um, how about Danielle, you and I demonstrate and then we can bring Dara in on it. um, Great. All right. So do you want to call audible and have me demonstrate or do you want to, uh, throw yourself on the fire. I'm gonna throw fire at myself, or <laughs> throw myself on the Bobby. Okay. Something like that. So, Dara, right. I want you okay. to give me a kind of place that someone can be. A kind of place, any place. Yeah. Park. Okay. So, Danielle, uh, tell us a story about the day that you were in the park. Right. Well, I was. Uh, I woke up really early one morning to get my early morning walk in in Central Park. And uh, as I was walking near the Delacorte Theater, I saw something surprising 
that I really didn't think I would see. Uh, it was uh, some figure I saw coming from afar on a unicycle. Audible. But it was uh, a, some figure coming from afar uh, being wheelbarrowed by someone else. The, you know, their hands were moving. And as they got closer, I recognized the two people. It was Kate Blanchett and Matt Damon. Audible. It was your sister and my therapist. And they were wheelbarrowing as if they were in a, you know, three-legged race or one of those things, you know. I don't know. What's that called? I don't know. Like a triathlon? Audible. Oh, God. They were wheelbarrowing <laughs> as if they were in some sort of competition. <laughs> and... But there was no one else around because it was my early morning Central Park walk. Audible. They were, they were wheelbarrowing as if they were in some sort of competition. And lo and behold, five more pairs of people also wheelbarrowing came up behind them. It was your veterinarian and my dad as one pair. <laughs> Another pair was Matt Damon and Kate Blanchett. Audible. Another pair was Sandra Bullock and Al Pacino. Audible. Another pair... <laughs> Was Dara's best friend Molly and my pug. I don't know how that worked, but they all were coming up. And do you want to know who won? Yes, I do. In this weird 7 a.m. wheel barreling contest, the two winners, they came from the very back to the front, were Cynthia Nixon and Cuomo. <laughs> I feel that is the end of the that story. Is, yeah, I, know. I was like, that is the end of the story. And they won. Very, very yes. good. Okay. Very Thank good. You. Thank you. Okay, so now you toss it back to me and then and then we'll we'll maybe if you want to play Elsie, we'll okay. have Elsie play with Dara. Perfect. Uh, All so, right, Mark. So uh, so yeah. uh Elsie, why don't you uh give me um a uh uh type of thing that you that you do. Boning a fish. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Elsie. You're boning a fish. Right. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, you know, I, I used to go fishing with my grandfather, and there was this one time that we caught about 20 bullheads. And bullheads were ca We caught about 20 piranhas. Mm. And piranhas um, are actually good eating, but you have to make sure they don't bite your hands off as you're, you're trying to get them ready. So I, I've got this one piranha on a table and I'm, I'm getting ready to bone this fish mm -hmm. and I stick the knife in and, Audible. I, and I stick my fist in his mm -hmm. mouth mm -hmm. and I'm saying, what am I doing? This is a piranha, but it was just kind of going by instinct. So I, 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 I grabbed his, I guess you call it like his, uh, his, um, uh, I'm just going to have you audible that. Okay. I, I'm, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a favor. That was a, that was a charity <laughs> audible. That was a right audible. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I grabbed his lungs um, and I just squeezed them inside him. I know that's really gross, but what it did is he kind of exhaled and, oh. and it allowed me to pull like the suction change. I pulled my hand out. And so I just took this piranha and I just 
threw it up in the Audible. air. I took this piranha and I threw it at my grandfather. Audible. I took this piranha and I stuffed it in my pocket Ooh. and I hopped in the pickup truck. Audible. And, and I, I hopped on my scooter. Audible. I, I hopped on a pogo stick. <laughs> yes. And the, really, it's, it's quite a challenge to hop on a pogo stick <laughs> with a piranha in your pocket. <laughs> I think that's that's amazing. <laughs> that's and so, so I got I got down to the hardware store. Audible. I got down to the asphalt because I wasn't very good on the pogo stick. Oh right, okay. And um, I realized I had skinned my knee. Audible. So I realized that I had um, broken my hand. Whoa. And um, the 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 thing is, is piranhas when they're still alive, they can sense blood. Yeah. So basically, I'm on the ground. I have a broken hand, and a piranha is trying to wiggle itself out of my pocket to eat my hand. And along comes my mother. Audible. And along comes the Skippy ice cream truck. Oh my god. And I'm thinking how bad I want a cone. And. I can't even get up because I've got a piranha in my hand. I've got a, you know, I've skinned my knee and I've got a broken pogo stick. And the most wonderful thing happened. Audible. The worst thing ever happened. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that, that, that was, they were out of cones. And, um, but the good news is they did have the bomb pop. Which Audible. Is my favorite. They did have steak. <laughs> which really after I realized so I wasn't in the mood for fish anymore steak was perfect and right. thank you very much. Sorry. Thank you. okay I really didn't expect steak to come out that was great <laughs> would you like to give it a try Dara sure throw caution to the wind possibly yeah. go wrong I know right no big so deal. um how about Danielle why don't you uh offer something how about you give Dara a- yeah a type of food. Yeah. Okay. okay um, Dara, um, let's go with foie gras. Okay. Okay. And you're uh, Elsie. Why don't you audible, right. Dara, if you would please? Sure. Okay. So anytime you're ready. All right. Tell a story so, about foie gras. Foie gras. So okay. So audible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. All right. <laughs> So I was uh, at this restaurant. It was a very fancy restaurant in the Audible. city. I was at this barn uh, upstate New York. It was actually <laughs> <Barn>. like <laughs> – it was might have been an orchard or something. I'm not positive. But basically they were serving – it was like a big chef-inspired dinner, right? So we're waiting for all the courses to come out. I noticed that one of the first courses is foie gras. And I'm just like, well, that's an interesting thing to make as a starter. I feel like that's a little heavy, but I was like, okay, this is fine. So I pick up my knife and I just poke at the foie gras a little bit and I'm like, okay, this looks like it might not be cooked right. Like mm. I, there's a, you know, a certain finesse that comes along with that. So I'm starting to like, repo- like, I, I don't want to insult anybody. So I'm cutting into it and Audible. I'm like, so I don't want to insult anybody, but I do because I yell out, what the F is this? I don't understand. <laughs> so someone runs over from the kitchen staff and is like, excuse me, like, what's wrong? And I was just like, I, I don't know. You tell me. This thing looks like it's kind of still alive. I'm unclear. And he was like, okay, let me go and see what I can do Audible. about that. And then he says, okay, well, you can go fuck yourself. And, <laughs> and so I take my stuff. <laughs> yes. I take my stuff and... And I start leaving because I'm like, well, that sucked. But I guess I probably shouldn't have said anything. So I start walking out of the barn 
and I'm like, well, probably should have been, should not have been eating foie gras in a barn anyway. So I'm walking along, and then I see this beautiful little field, and I'm like, audible. And I'm walking along, and I see this really broken down truck. And I'm like, that looks like fun. So I'm going to walk over to it and see what that's about. I walk over to the truck, and I see that there's a dude on the other side of it. And he's kind of like, looks like he's working on the truck, right? And I'm just like, okay, you look totally normal, so I'm going to talk to you. And he's, like, chewing on something. I was like, what is he possibly chewing on? He was chewing on the foie gras. I was like, this is what was wrong with it. Somebody was already eating it, and then it ended up on our plates. That's what it was. This guy was hoarding all of the foie gras. So then I was like, ha, I knew I was right, clearly. So then I demand that he come with me to prove to the chef that someone had been stealing his foie gras. And so I ask him kindly to join me and he was like, okay, I'm going to do that. And he starts walking with me. And then as we're walking, I realize that it's Tom Cruise. I and, I was, and then I'm walking with him and I realize that it's my brother. I I'm like this. Okay. And then I'm, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm walking with him and I realize that it's Gumby. And I'm like, well, that's weird because I thought you don't exist anymore. Gumby <laughs> is a, also a cartoon or claymation. I'm not even sure what he is. But either way, we're starting to walk. And then I'm like, holy shit. Actually, I'm just tripping. That's really what it was the entire very, time. Very, very, very good. <laughs> that was tough. I, I, I'm curious. <laughs> Are there parts of that story that's true? Um, okay, so yes and a little bit no. Okay. I was at that's like that's amazing. Yeah, and I was like, I hope they wouldn't actually pick up on it. But no, I went <laughs> to this uh, place upstate, and we had like a chef's dinner, and there was something that I had, but it wasn't foie gras, and it was a little bit like just looked like under something. Cooked. Was it like I, roe, like salmon? Roe no, or it was like. Um, it was like an oyster, but not an oyster. Okay. Something in that family, and I don't like oysters to begin with, so I was just like, what yeah. am I? Like, what is this? It just wow. looked really weird. And I'm adventurous, and I was still, like, a little trepidatious about it. But no, no one kicked me out, though. <laughs> oh, that was, that was well done, Dara. Thank All right, you. one more yes, quick, quick round yes. uh, with Elsie. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, um, Elsie, why don't you uh, – uh, I'm sorry, Dara, why don't yep. you give Elsie a holiday? Holiday, Okay. I'm going to go with Thanksgiving because that is my favorite, obviously. Perfect. Food. Okay. So, Elsie, why don't you talk about one of the worst Thanksgivings ever? Who's audibling? Is uh, you? you are. Oh, I am. Okay. If that's okay. No, that's fine. So, it was Thanksgiving <laughs> and uh, it was really, you know, boring because I don't really like Thanksgiving so much. Audible. And uh, it was really amazing because I <laughs> – hate thanksgiving and uh i was canceling it i was broadcasting on uh this program that i was going to cancel it because i thought i had power like that and uh didn't go so well because you know people were up in arms about it and so i got a lot of nasty phone calls coming into the station audible so I got a lot of overjoyed phone calls coming into the station because they said, yeah, um, we don't like it either. It's a stupid holiday. And, you know, that whole Pilgrim Indian thing doesn't sit well. And, who, and you know, that whole Pilgrim Indian thing, like who said they had turkey? But, you know, we're good with that. And uh, so, yeah, turkey, ham, Audible. roast beef, <laughs> chicken, fish. You know, I don't know. It's just it's it. I I can eat food whenever I want. 
I don't know why we have to have a holiday that dictates what you say. And besides, <laughs> that's not what they were. Uh, that's probably not what they were eating. We made that up. All right. So, um, yeah. I, that, I think that's probably the worst Thanksgiving I ever had. That really sums it up. Yeah. Right, very right. good. Very good. Very good. All right, very good, everybody. That was a great round of Audible. Yeah. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed that very much. Um, and speaking of food. It is the end of the show, so it is time for her. End of show food. That's right, end of show food, where uh, Elsie is kind enough to conjure up and curate something for all of us to share that we have no idea if it's going to be good or bad. And what we'll do is uh, the rule is that uh, once each of us has tasted it, uh, we say how many chickens we give it out of. Whatever number you want to give it, uh, Great. just to All give right. a sense of how much you enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it, and that's that's how we figure out if it was good or not. So, are we announcing well, what it is? Yeah, well, no. Yeah, uh, like Elsie's going to share. Okay. No, no, no. It's not a blind taste test. We thought unless, it was. Unless, no. unless, no. I mean, unless we want to so do it that way, that's up to you, Elsie. This is your say. segment. So, Elsie, yeah. what do we have for today's end of show food? What I wanted to do something that was healthy, so. Um, I'm not sure if our listeners know about matcha, but it's lots of antioxidants. So I chose something with matcha in it, but I also like chocolate. Mm. And chocolate also has a lot of antioxidants in it. So I have some mm-hmm. matcha Kit Kats. Oh, wow. What? So, um, I'm not exactly sure. Oh, so anyway. <laughs> You're a little close so, to the mic. You're a little close to the mic. So. Seriously, I have to hear for the rest of the shows. <laughs> All right, so I have these matcha Kit Matcha Kit Kats. They're chocolate oh, and they're. Yes, and they're, throw they're, one they're, at me, Elsie. I should say these look genuinely Asian because they have. Asian symbols ready. all over them. What gave it away? <laughs> yeah. And it has 65 kcals, whatever that is. It says, have, have a break, oh. have a Kit Kat. It says, good job with a thumbs up on Wait mine. A what does your say? funny, because it's not have a break. Isn't it break me off a piece of that Kit Kat? Bar? Yeah. yeah. Does yours say good job on it? No. Mine says, have a break, have a Kit Kat. Mine says, good job. Oh, mine has a oh, graph paper. Funny. Oh, wait. I don't know. Yeah, Flick same. it up. No, no, flip up the side, the uh, side of it. No. No? No. no. I have one that says good job. Did well, you say I good job? I think that that's yeah. meant to be for you. you. Oh. Okay, I'm ready right. for the antioxidants Oh, they're green. So, so let me describe this. They're green. So. They're kind of um, Small. algae green color. Mm-hmm. I have a confession. Yeah. I've had these before. Have you? I think I have two, but I'm not positive. I remember I had a bunch of Kit Kats one day. Mm. <laughs> mm. Someone's mm. not a fan. Yeah, is that... It's like it tastes, tastes like seaweed or well, something. If I don't hate do it. Do you like matcha, Mark? Oh, apparently not. I have you ever like had matcha? I don't think I've ever had it. Okay, uh, I'm well, a matcha then. fan, and so I'm digging well, this. Weirdly enough, I don't love matcha. These are actually good. I don't right? hate it. I don't hate it. It's got a I little like bit of that matcha tea aftertaste, you know. Mm-hmm. It does, which makes me feel healthy already. Is matcha green tea? Um, it is, and it's, yeah, right. It's, I'm not a fan of green tea, so oh, I appreciate yeah. I appreciate its health value, but just taste wise. But yeah. but it's it's usually it comes in a powder form. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, Ooh. it comes in a powder form usually. Mark, Elsie, <laughs> Elsie just threw Mark, a matcha I, kick out at me. You deserved it. I, I got a good job. 
There you go. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, I got it. Mm. Okay, can I give my rating? Yes. Okay, so Danielle, how many chickens do you give the matcha Kit Kat? You know what? Out of 10,000 chickens, I think I'll give 9,500 out of 10,000. 9,500 out of 10,000 chickens for Danielle. Uh, Dara, how many chickens does the matcha Kit Kat give you when you're ready, done chewing? First of all. The, I, I thought we were going with a one to ten scale here because math, be. is, math is not my strong suit. Like ten, I'm ten is surprisingly fine. an idiot when it comes to math, so I feel like that's just too big a number. Um, <laughs> I was gonna go with like out of one, I give it. Yeah, a- <laughs> I was like out of one to five chickens. No, I was gonna do one to ten. So I'm gonna stick with that. Um, or I guess it's basically the same, right? Basic math. I'll give it six thousand chickens out, out of ten thousand. Out of ten thousand. Oh, 000. she. Oh, six thousand out of ten thousand. I think okay. that's good. Yeah, it's good. good. It's not like amazing because I don't love matcha either. I'm not a big fan of like whatever, but I like the earthiness. I, I like, like the. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the. See, I don't love. You know? that. Yeah, it's like, but this is nice. And Elsie, how many chickens do you give this one? Um, seven thousand seven hundred and seventy-two. Oh my out God. of 10,000? Yeah. Okay. That's great. See, knowing Elsie, I would not have been surprised if she said out of 7,773. <laughs> right? So, um, it's like Price exactly. is Right strategy. I like that. One dollar. No, no. What's the verdict um, for you? Yeah. I, I give it 0. 0.5 chickens out of 10. And because to Whoa. me, it honestly tasted like someone took a dish towel and dipped it <laughs> okay. in like. seaweed water. That's really and funny. dragged it in sugar a little bit and then fed it to me. So mm. I'm I'm glad you all enjoyed it. It just was you know not funny? my thing. You now what's funny is that you say the dirty towel thing. Uh, I had an ex boyfriend who said every time I would drink green tea, he would say like, "Oh, do you want my socks?" Because he said <laughs> it was like socks soaked in water, and that's what green tea tastes like. And it kind of yeah. ruined green tea for me a little bit. Uh, but gotcha. I'm back on it. Is it because we it, broke it, up? You know, does so. it ruin green tea <laughs> for you because it makes you think of dirty socks, or because it reminds you of your ex boyfriend? It's a little bit of both. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I hope this Kit Kat redeems. Oh, it does a little bit. Yeah, it brings it. It's nice. So doesn't anyone feel healthier now? I do. The matchas. Gotcha. Well, thank you very much, Elsie, for another very interesting uh, end of show food. You clearly uh, had three out of four uh, lovers (laughs) of it here, so that's a pretty good record. Um, Thank you very much. And uh, thank you, Dara. Thank you, Dara Pollock, for being on the show. The skinny. Pig.com, is that right? Skinny Pig NYC.com. I'm sorry. The skinny no, pig, it's annoying. I've tried the skinny to change it. SkinnyPigNYC.com. Yep. And follow her on Instagram right now at SkinnyPigNYC. And uh, and you will be one of the uh, – you'll be number 90,001. Probably, <laughs> probably not, but uh, yeah. it's fun to think about that. Yeah. And uh, so thank you very much. It was really fun to spend thank time you. with you. And thanks for – Yeah, we you know, loved this was having awesome. you. Thank you, guys. This was um, really fun. <laughs> and thank you, Danielle. You were so welcome, Mark. It's it was, been a blast. It was, it was it was a blast. We did a lot of stuff. We talked this time. from everything to subway encounters to vaginas, vaginas to Star Trek. There. Yeah, Star Renaissance. Trek Renaissance. Yeah. Guys, we covered pretty much everything. Yeah. Yeah. Really, we really did. And foie gras, or however yeah. you say that, foie gras. <laughs> I can't say it. Foie. Say foie gras. And here we are, back foie foie. to where yeah. we back started. Back to French. Right. Mademoiselle Danielle. Oui, oui. <laughs> That's right. Yes. All right. That's it for this episode <laughs> of Funny People Talking. Um, what hopefully we have been, and I hope that you enjoyed the show. Thank you very, very much for listening. I hope that you will come back next week when we will have another amazing guest and lots of fun, lots more improv, and another round of end of show food. Until next time. Uh, Be safe and have a great week. Bye-bye. This has been Funny People Talking, a production of Mouth Media Network, copyright 2018.
No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with the show at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. If only we could have the last hour back. Please, someone invent time travel. This has been Funny People Talking. Day or night, the embodiment of all the sacrifices taken for the people of the great experiment, the United States of Bacon in the dark, in the cold, or the young. a symbol of the bounty that the lands can give in the mouth and in the hand it is the way we live from the moment of the dawn until the dying of the day the truth that every hopeful eye will see a better way Child is born and bred to know they've got a stake in Tasting the freedom of the United States The United States of Bacon The world is filled with things they say are good for you And those they say will end it all So let the to my salty sweet beliefs Show my red-blooded voracious appetite Is standing tall From the east To the west It's who we are It is our chest It feeds the hungry faces This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.